This the Black Powder Podcast. Kick up your feet, lean on your armrest, and get your mind blessed on this conquest. Hold a grip like a 12 gauge. Let this moment kick. Black people moving and having some gun ownership. I carry weight, not to keep the camera safe. It's thinking about you, my kids, and my parents' faces. The big topics they don't wanna involve us. Think we're novice, but now we're moving hard with revolvers. This the Black Powder Podcast. Let's get it started. Primer set the powders lit. It's time to get on target. Welcome to another episode of the Black Party Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Yasuke Fett. And just a general reminder of your marching orders and why we have created the Black Powder Podcast. The main mission is to change the social view of black society and firearms. How do we do that? Glad you asked. We talk, walk, read, write, and think about it to find a better solution for a brighter future for the proper protection of black people. Join us through education, practice, and safety as we take down the stigma of black people and guns one discussion at a time. Just a general reminder, you cannot do a mag dump without a couple of rounds. So if you like what you're hearing and you happen to like this show, send out an email to blackpowderpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what your favorite episode is. Whether or not you agree, disagree, or have questions, please make sure to send them to blackpowderpodcast at gmail.com. And always... Feel free to like, share, and subscribe. The only way to continue to grow is to continue to share this knowledge with other people. And the only way to even get the message out is to let everyone know. So once again, if you like what you heard and would like to continue to hear, please like, share, and subscribe. And as always, you can find us on multiple platforms, especially main ones. Uh, As of recently, we are now on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Audible. So you said you started taking rap serious after the Red Dogs raided your home. How you know that? (laughs) (laughs) I read it in an interview. (laughs) Nah, for sure though. Ain't nothing wrong with it because I don't do nothing. I don't do nothing, so I ain't incriminate myself. Well, everybody so I'm not. So yeah, I'm not from Atlanta. So so what are the Red Dogs? Can you explain what the the Red Red Dogs are? Damn, I wish I could goddamn tell you the exact name for. They, but they, they not trying to say, I could, I'm trying to break it down. They had a reason exactly what every letter meant. Like R meant this, but I, I can't think of it right now because I don't think they exist anymore. They probably shut them down, but I don't know. But it's basically like Red Dogs is strictly a drug team in Atlanta. Like they, they're a team that they ain't going to come regular police. They going to come Red Dog. Dogs, guns ready, cause you know, you swinging your door with the gun and all that, they gotta come ready. So the red dog, and I wasn't, it wasn't that, it, the, the, when I, it wasn't even that type of party though. But it wasn't that type of party, but when they caught me, they took everything I had and it was kind of a setback. Like I was in the loft, I was in the loft right there by thumbs up. It wasn't nothing like that, but I was smoking every day, smoking every day, it wasn't even a trap. But the, the the house above me was a uh, like the house that they show everybody the courtesy apartment. So they just kept telling us stop smoking, stop smoking, and and we ain't smoke, we ain't stop smoking. So the red dog came in there, like we was selling drugs, but we wasn't. I ended up beating that case or whatever. But it's like that's what let me know I ain't even trying to deal with them folk. How they just came in the house a hundred deep for me smoking a blunt like. I don't want to have a brick. Shit. 
So I just started rapping, you know what I mean? And I, I knew I could get out that that, that situation. It's, it's situations you can't get out of sometimes, and I'm been in them. So that, so that was the thing that put it over the top? Yeah, like, yeah, it was like, like I, I gotta go and do something that's gonna make me last out here. Like, I don't wanna, um, I don't want to get money and be gone, or don't have, don't be here to spend it. Woodridge Pablo Juan gets five years in Georgia, Rico, plus a decade of probation. Brought to you by TMZ Hip Hop, published December 6, twenty twenty two. Trap rapper Hoodridge Pablo Juan is going to do some hard time in prison as part of a plea deal he made, and once it gets out, he'll have to be on his best behavior for an even longer stretch. According to legal docs obtained by TMZ Hip Hop, HPJ pleaded guilty to one count of violating the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, or the RICO case, and got five years in prison. He'll get credit for time already served, which is substantial. He's been in custody for more than two years. The Jersey-born Atlanta-bred rapper was arrested back in October 2020, along with 45 other people as part of a sweep that targeted the local Roland 20 neighborhood bloods. His plea deal calls for 10 years of probation after he gets out of prison. During that time, HPJ must avoid any contact with members or associates of a criminal gang. And he also is barred from possessing firearms and ammo. The clip you heard was from Vlad TV. Not exactly my first choice of media whenever it comes to uh, celebrities or current events or what have you. But nonetheless, that's where the clip came from. It mainly happened due to my curiosity about the similarities between the Scorpion unit which was made up of the five police officers that killed Tyree Nichols and the Red Dogs of Atlanta. Red Dogs stands for Run Every Drug Dealer Out of Georgia. And it was backed by Sarah Lynn J. Davis. Uh, obviously, just like any organization that's put together to do a certain thing, there's always a large majority of corruption that could potentially happen. And just like the Scorpion unit, the Red Dogs unit was also disbanded. Uh, there's also another unit that was part of Atlanta called Titan. So it seems like in order to quote unquote keep the peace and keep people safe, there needs to be some type of either animalistic or mythological SWAT squad special unit, whatever you'd like to say, that needs to be created in order to produce the guise of protecting the people. For all the good that comes from these, there's also bad. As you can see, there's the Tyree Nichols case, which has also been specu speculation of one of the police officers getting, well, it was personal, getting revenge against Tyree Nichols because supposedly, whether it was due to an affair or just a outside relationship or whatever, Tyree was said to have been messing with his, uh, his ex or his current wife his baby mama, whatever it is. So, in order to get back at her for being involved with somebody other than him, that's where the Scorpion Squad came in. They went, they killed Tyree Nichols, all due to somebody's ego being crushed and having a personal vendetta against this man. But, uh, one wrong affects us all. You could be hood rich, you could be Takashi 69. It will affect everyone in our community. How so? Oh hell. Let's go into it. Actually, on the topic of 6ix9ine, what's even worse is the fact that he gets to go free and he gets to come back to troll our community, and our community really isn't his. I know 
recently there's been a whole thing where everybody's like, oh, they're they're black Jamaican, they're black, they're uh, black Latino, they're black Inuit. I don't know. Just there's always a, a title put in front of a nationality. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, the people do share the same image of of say myself or you or whomever may be listening that's black but nonetheless the history there is different and there's a lot of people that will invade our quote-unquote culture that was given to us not actually created by us but nonetheless what most people continue to call the quote-unquote culture and utilize it to continuously perpetuate a stereotype against us and keep us held down by a society that seeks to profit off of our death as well as our suffering. That's why we always hear things about reparations and what it should consist of, and yet there's been no action on it other than a quote-unquote study that is dealing with whether or not there is substantial evidence to give black people reparations, give black American people reparations. But it's like I said, you got a lot of people that come into the culture and they, they steal it for their own benefit. For example, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, I think even Drake, let's just say Drake, because he's Canadian. Now, yes, Canada was involved in the slave trade, but supposedly when most slaves headed up north, that was the quote-unquote safe area. Nonetheless, history's different. But there's criminal elements in grooming that put a number of aspiring rappers in jail, as well as common everyday young people that's why you look up now and then there's there's a lot of young people that are being involved in crime and drugs and and things that are harmful to the community just like there's a lot of rappers right now that aren't even really making it past their mid-20s and don't get me wrong when i look at hip-hop and rap from back then yeah i i loved it but at the end of the day Most of my rap stars, my rap heroes, if you will, my hip-hop heroes, if you will, they're still alive. If anything, I just got done watching Method Man and Red Man put out a new single with Dave East. Meth and Red are, are, no disrespect, but they're getting up there in age. And they're still alive. I was listening to Meth and Red around the 90s, 2000s. Hell, I think I remember uh, Wu-Tang Triumph from my childhood when I was living in Texas. And I was, I think I was still in like middle school or whatever. But nonetheless, that's how long they've been around. We can't even get most of these young rappers to last at least the next couple of years. That also ties into the quote-unquote culture that's been given to us. Because if you look, the people that do end up coming out, like your Takashi's or your Cardi B's, because Cardi B has done some hellacious stuff and yet is still out in public, not facing any consequences because she's popular and she makes money and she makes Joe Biden look good. But nonetheless, she's out there as well. And people continue to celebrate her and treat her like a, a hero. and They want to be like her. They, they think that she's the greatest thing in the world. Hell, I've even had one of my managers come up with, uh, it was a stupid little Cardi B toy that made the noise that she made. And I'm like, really, this is how you try and relate to people. This is how you try and relate to black people. But nonetheless, moving on. There's a lot of people out there that continue to get rich off of black suffering. 
And part of black suffering deals with how our community is boxed into these situations and how it becomes acceptable. How does this tie in with Tyree? Straightforward. If it wasn't for the high level of acceptable crime in our communities, we'd probably have Tyree alive today. There probably wouldn't be a Red Dogs or a Scorpion or a Titan unit or a, the friggin' Raccoon City Police Department. Who knows? It's just another reason to have legalized crime in the disguise of police. Because every time a governmental unit gets created to do something quote-unquote positive in the community, it always ends up negative. I remember the D.A.R.E. program from a long time ago. Ironically enough, I was talking with uh, one of my uh, gun club members from Baz Reeves, and she said that one of the main reasons why they got rid of the D.A.R.E. unit was because of the fact that the kids were actually going drinking and smoking. And at first, I was kind of surprised. Granted, this is me. I mean, I I lived my life the way I did. You know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't start drinking until 2020. For the most part, the only thing I really did drink was like sodas and and juice. Didn't do any drugs. I was offered a road trip back in high school in my art class years ago. Well, hell, let's be honest. High school happened a long, long time ago. But nonetheless, you know, that's how long it was had been. And instantly turned the shit down. Dude looked at me like I was crazy because I wasn't perpetrating the quote-unquote black stereotype and I wasn't willing to smoke it up and, and puff, puff, pass or whatever. But nonetheless... You know, it was my choice, and I chose better for myself. I chose not to partake in that. But drinking, again, 2020, that was my choice. But you've got a lot of people who come into contact with situations like this, and they're taking the accountability for doing the crime or the substance or whatever, but at the end of the day, when the bill comes due, there's a lot of people who don't want to take accountability for that bill. Like Hood Rich Pablo. He ended up, as you've heard in the clip, saying that he didn't want to be involved in this. He wanted to be around to spend his money. How can you spend money if you're in jail or you're dead? But unfortunately, he did end up getting involved with a lot of uh, criminal activity. Now, as you, if you go back and listen to the interview, which unfortunately I had to put a link to, but nonetheless, I will put a link there. If you go back and listen to the interview on Vlad, Vlad TV, you will hear that the people he hung around were all involved in rapping. He didn't know anybody that quote unquote did any crime or anything, so, and he didn't want to be affiliated with that. But yet, whenever you're around these criminal elements, even if you're squeaky clean, you're still going to be a party to the crime or a party to the person who is guilty of committing a crime. Nonetheless, you put yourself in danger. So this is where these units come in. Scorpions, your red dogs, so on and so forth. They come in due to the fact that the crime continues to grow. And as the crime continues to grow, the corruption will continue to grow. Because once you've got a lot of people in there that get their claws sunk into a neighborhood and makes everybody think that it's going to be safe or everything's going to be okay, 
it doesn't matter what side you're on, whether you're the criminal or the one hunting the criminal, so to speak, you are going to put the people, the community in the center at risk to the point where even if somebody's going out and getting the Snickers candy bar, they can easily be stopped by the one of these units or they can be killed on the street by one of these criminals. For the most part, there's always those that are stuck in the middle that can't escape what's going on. Now, granted, 2020, I will always put this out there, but granted, in 2020, there was a, a number of first-time firearm purchases by black people. The majority of those were women. I believe it was 80% women. I might need to go back and double-check that statistic, but nonetheless, let's just say 80% right now. 80% of the black community being made up of women went out and purchased a firearm for the first time. Nonetheless, there are still elements out there. There isn't really any real unification of bringing people together to feel safe or bringing people together to learn how to make their community better other than certain leaderships or certain groups. For example, Black Man Lab is, is one such group. You may have uh, Bass Reeves, which is another group, which is a chapter of NAGA, the National African American Gun Association. Nonetheless, you are still going to learn how to protect yourself, utilize a gun, better yourself to potentially get to a better position in life, possibly even get out of that neighborhood so you can get to a better neighborhood and actually care for your life, so on and so forth. The benefits are there, but the problem is you have to be the one to utilize these benefits. You have to be the one to put these teachings into practice, and you have to be the one that actually has to care about your life. Because you got a lot of people that think that there's a lot of hood heroes out there that they can model themselves after and one day grow up to be. But now, if most of these younger people who are trying to follow and mirror their quote-unquote heroes, if they would realize the fact that their heroes are no longer around anymore because they've died, that could potentially be a tipping point to fix the community. Garvey said a long time ago that not everybody's going to make it. Is this just the penance we have to pay for what our ancestors had to deal with during slavery? Or the choices that was were made by our ancestors in order to, I don't know, provide a better life for us? But somewhere, somehow, something went wrong. A lot of things went wrong. I mean, hell, we can go to the history of that. But nonetheless, I'm dealing with what's going on right now and the fact that Every time you look up, there's some type of unit that is going out of their way to kill black people. Yes, I know you can easily argue with the statistics of white people that are killed by the police and, and white crime, if you want to call it that. But in all actuality, for me, crime is crime. It doesn't matter the color. It's just propaganda to say, to justify a point. Oh, black on black crime. This is why your neighborhood is doomed. This is why you people should be doing better, but you can't because you're stuck here. White on white crime. See, I told you that white people committed crimes too. You see, you got Native, Native American crime on Native American crime. You got Inuit crime on Inuit crime. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, as long as there's crime there, there's always going to be some sort of corruption. The question is, what is actually being done about it? What could have prevented Tyree Nichols from dying other than quote unquote defunding the police because let's be real if you really want to defund the police 
you'll keep the possibility of any new hire special ops from occurring. Those special ops being somebody who, let's say during the hiring process might be quoted as being familiar with the community or the neighborhood, AKA being familiar with the streets or they may have connections or whatever. So basically you're taking somebody that has lived in a bad area you're trying to utilize them to make that area better due to the connections they have on the streets. So you give them a badge, you tell them to go out there and by any means necessary, stop the crime and save the community. And then you get shocked whenever you turn around and some innocent person dies. You don't need a special unit for that. There's already police that have done that in the past, especially to black people let's let's keep it a buck it's not the easiest thing having that in the back of your mind but it's also not the easiest thing having in the back of your mind that you really can't go out into a neighborhood and expect everything to be 100% safe safety is the illusion of human comforts I've always said that whenever I turned whenever I turned my uh, went in my mid-20s that was always my, my phrase, my reminder. Safety is the illusion of human comfort. Always look around a situation, know what's going on, be familiar with your situational awareness or just your awareness in general. Like for example, there's a, a group in Detroit. They're helping women pump gas late at night. They, they're out there, they're armed, they're alert. They're helping women with groceries, so on and so forth. Oh, single mothers at that. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a single mother, okay, cool, whatever. That's your situation. But two things. You are not really safe getting gas at night. That man is putting his life on the line to keep you safe. So you get gas pumped into your car, but then you drive home. Who's there to protect you? Which brings me to point number two. Who is there to protect you? You shouldn't get gas at night. You shouldn't be going into a situation where you're unprotected. So who is the one that protects you? Think about it. That's the problem that we have in our communities. Because if we have to create a group to get people to feel safer and give nice, fuzzy, tingly feelings, especially whenever they leave the, the interaction that they've had with the group, it's a problem because it's a salve, it's a temporary salve. It's, it's not fixing anything, it's a bandage. Because should something actually happen that puts this group at risk, now you're not gonna have any more group because the casualties have gone too high. Or the number of people in the group, let's say 10, 15, went down to two. You can't have a full group of people protecting, let's say 10 women at a gas pump with only two people. Then he damn sure can't do it safely or securely. So we really gotta look at ourselves internally as far as why this happened. I've heard so many points on the spectrum to the point where some of it I'm like, no. Others I'm like, oh, that makes sense. One person said you just have to calm down and comply. Even if you have to put your face in the dirt, 
and a puddle of water. Just comply with the police. After looking at this video footage, it doesn't matter how much that man complied, he was going to die. They already set it up in their mind that they were gonna kill that man. I heard another man say that Tyree Nichols died because there was a lot of negligence from single mothers. If that's the case, if we take that point, it could be real easy to say, like from my personal perspective, the only women I want to protect are the ones that I know. Because I'm familiar with their background, I'm familiar with their story. There's been an episode in the past where I talked about a young girl who was working at an Aldi's in Douglasville. There was a man who came in, pushed her down, and told you the end result. I could have easily stopped that man, but something in the back of my mind was ringing hard and it told me not to do it. Spider sense, if you will, it went off and I was right. The same situation could happen anywhere. That's why if I have to utilize my firearm and discharge it, I want to make sure that the woman that I'm protecting is one who I am familiar with, be it a friend, be it a girlfriend, whomever, my, mo my mother, my aunt, whomever. I have familiarity with that person. But the random stranger on the street, now it gets kind of shady. I mean, obviously, if something crazy is going on to the point where, yeah, she's on the verge of, of potentially losing her life, then, yeah, it might be a good time to think about what's going on. But then again, you could also be wrong because you may be trying to kill the person who's actually trying to get away. It just looks like that person is putting up or is a threat. I know that sounds crazy, but hell, these are strange times. If I come around the corner and I see the end result of what's going on, let's say the wife, uh, let's say a wife is trying to kill her husband, but the husband was able to power her firearm away or the weapon that she was going to utilize to kill him away or whatever, and I come around the corner and I see him looming over her with the knife. Whether or not he had the intentions of utilizing that knife on her or not, I don't know. I'm getting the end, of, end result of the, the struggle. So if I pull my firearm and I kill him, okay. I've just shot an innocent man or a potential criminal. Either way, I don't know the full story. So I'm getting involved in something I have no idea about. It could end up with her trying to kill me now because I killed her husband or her getting off scot-free, him dying, and her not having to worry about the death of an innocent man because she had intentions of killing him in the first place. You see how, how muddled these waters get? Sometimes it's not as simple as looking up and there's a shooter out in the open who's trying to kill people in a mall. Sometimes it's like you're in situations that you're not familiar with. But again, when it comes to our community, we if we are going to create a living space where we can feel safe again, we have really got to band together as a culture as a people create some damn culture don't get don't utilize what's been sold to us we need to start reading again there's a lot of people that are proud about not reading there's a lot of people who you mentioned names like Marcus Garvey Malcolm X Martin Luther King don't give you the whole watered-down version of who these people are Booker T Washington uh, W.E.B. Du Bois so on and so forth there's people who like those our ancestors there's people who don't but nonetheless they paved the way for us to live a better life. Frederick Douglass, the list goes on and on. 
So why is it that every time we have a chance to better ourselves in our own neighborhoods, we end up missing, we miss. We don't even come close to the target. It's because the culture isn't ours. And it's our lack of culture that's killing us. Because when we're told that we need a special victims unit, if you will, to come into our neighborhood to protect us and run drug dealers out of our, our homes or our neighborhoods or whatever, why is it that as payment, it's always in blood? And we always lose somebody who we shouldn't lose. And if anything about changing culture, we need to stop celebrating people coming home from prison. To me, that's always been something that has puzzled me for the longest time because whenever uh, somebody's son graduates college, you might have a small college celebration party or whatever. But whenever somebody comes home from prison, it's celebrated like they just came back with a PhD or something. I can understand if the man was innocent, he fought his case, he won, that's one thing. But you got a dude that's actually coming home after he did some hard time for some stuff that he's done. And some things that have actually been proven to be fact. Yes, he killed those people. Yes, he sold those drugs to young kids. He went to jail. He comes back a hero. That's the thing that I don't understand. But that'll be another another chapter. Nonetheless, just some thoughts. I mean, there really wouldn't be a need for these units if we could take care of ourselves in our own neighborhood. And hell, there really wouldn't even be any issues with shootings if we would stop being so damn afraid of firearms especially now you've gone out and you've gotten them you need to utilize them properly you need training you need you need to not be afraid to know when to use your firearm especially now if you got time to video record something you got time to protect your people in your neighborhood because if we had safer neighborhoods we wouldn't have to worry about Tyree Nichols dying. Just like if we had people that didn't think with their ego and their feelings, we wouldn't have to worry about Tyree Nichols being dead. End of the day, if the dude had, did have history, the police officer, let for for example, if he had history with this woman that Tyree was probably met at his, his job at FedEx or whatever, if this guy had history with her, whether or not she had a child from him or he used, used to kick it with her, that's in the past. Even if it's something going on in the present, if he's still kicking it with her and she decides to get, decided to get with Tyree, fine, whatever. You got to be mad enough to just realize, okay, it is what it is and move on. Your ego is one of the things that's going to get you killed, whether it's short term or long term. These situations do not deserve ego, whether you're wearing a badge or you're a criminal. But that's just my point of view on it. If you don't agree or you do agree, as always, you can email blackpatterpodcast at gmail.com. You can shoot me a message on uh, Instagram. Same thing, Black Powder Podcast. Uh, Black Powder Podcast on Twitter. And uh, I think I'm starting a Twitch. I might do that soon. I'm also on Facebook, Black Powder Podcast. Once again, this is Yasuke Fett with another mag dump. Y'all be safe out there. Continue to fight to change the image and continue to fight to create our actual culture. Stay safe.
This the Black Powder Podcast, let's get it splitting. We got the wisdom hitting targets with a mark with precision. We're having fun in the booth, we're running gun for the truth. Every future black gun owner, we're spreading the news. We do it legal, we're moving regal and blessing the people. Some hopes for the culture, we keep it locked like guns in our holster. Holding it down as we're loading the rounds. If they were nervous back then, right. then they're gonna be scared of us now. Black Powder Podcast, we'll be back in a while. Yeah.